Let's praise that wonderful name. Hallelujah, that name that still heals, that name that still saves, that name that still delivers. He's never stopped, not one moment, not one time. Let's give him great praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, praise God, praise God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be going to the book of James chapter 4 and verse number 2. The book of James chapter 4 and verse number 2. As you're turning there, amen, I want to say again, as we said on Sunday, how grateful and thankful we are to be home uh, back in the beautiful state of Nevada. And uh, we, we did have a good time with family over there in Florida. And uh, but we are just thankful to be home in Jesus name. I want to say thank you uh, to several, several people. I don't want to name too many names. So if I miss you, please forgive me. I'm not trying to just name certain people, uh, but there's some that uh, that that did some things above and beyond uh, that. I want to say thank you to Brother Branson. He might have peaced out. There he is right there. He was in the drums just a minute ago. Let's give Brother Branson a hand uh, from drumming, playing, whatever the case may be. You know, I told these young men uh, when I first showed up, I said, you know, I don't really need, I don't really need a butcher's knife. I need a Swiss Army knife. So uh, if you could just fill in all the gaps, and, and uh, these guys have just done a great job. And so from anything that's needed, just taken care of. And I want to say thank you to Sister Worley and Sister Michelle. I know there's others that were helping, but they put together a Father's Day event and just gave some uh, gifts to our fathers. And I want to say thank you uh, from us. There's one thing, one extra thing that we didn't have to think about. And, and uh, thank you for taking care of that in Jesus' name. And uh, just, just everyone for, for being there and just worshiping the Lord. Did anybody enjoy that revival with Brother Poindexter? Amen. It was awesome. We were, in, we were in digital church with you all, and, uh, and, and man, he was preaching, and I was just like, man, keep preaching. He was ministering, and that's one thing I really appreciate about uh, Brother Poindexter. We've been friends for many years, but I love how he just, he's not afraid to be himself and to just minister exactly what he feels, and that's, that's, that's what we want around here, amen? We want God to speak to us in a very direct way in Jesus' name, hallelujah. James chapter 4 and verse Number two, you know what, this is good. Let's read verse number one. James chapter four and verse one. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts, that you war in your members? Now that's an extra message we don't have time for here today, but... There's an internal struggle that you're allowing to get external on one another. And so he's, he's already talking towards that. But uh, let's go to verse number two. You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have but cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and you receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lusts. And I want to focus on one portion of this scripture he said you have not because you ask not and I want to teach preach do a little bit of both here tonight on this subject it doesn't hurt to ask it doesn't hurt to ask let's set down our Bibles and lift up our hands and let's pray come on church let's lift up our voice and let's magnify the Lord Lord I pray that this word would be a revelation to us here tonight that it does not hurt to ask the Lord. 
It does not cost us anything, amen, to lift up our petition before you, Jesus. And I pray that from this moment, from this service, we would take this to heart, God, and that we would, we would pray with intent, God. We would pray, amen, specifically that we would pray with our whole heart, God. We give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands under the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of God. It doesn't hurt to ask. We have been studying and teaching and preaching, and uh, we will be doing a lot more of it. So if you're ready for us to change channels, it's not going to happen for a minute until the Lord uh, tells me to depart from prayer. And uh, we understand that prayer is, uh, is if not the most important, it is one of the most important parts of our Christian life. Without prayer, we are nothing more than religious individuals. For prayer is communication between man and the living God. It is a relationship that takes us beyond ritual and religion, and it moves us into that place where we can come into knowing of God. We can get an intimate connection and we can communicate with him and he can in turn communicate back to us there's many things that we've talked about in this time we've talked about different formulas of prayer and uh, there's many more that we could talk about but we talked about Matthew chapter 6 the Lord's prayer and and there's so many things that could be said about that there is a who a what a when a where a why and a how of prayer and uh, you can always go back and you can listen to those but it's also, there are revelations in there that he is giving us a pattern by which we can enter into the presence of God and we can pray. And I love how Jesus put it. He said, when you pray, the confidence that Jesus had in us that we as his disciples would pray. His disciples saw Jesus, multiple times going away, the Bible says that he would depart into a solitary place and he would there begin to pray. Because Jesus had an understanding that my inflow from God is just as much as important as my outflow to other people. Multiple times you'll see Jesus healing the sick, raising the dead. In one particular circumstance, there is a revelation that's given to us by a woman that touches the hem of his garment. And Jesus stopped right where he was, and he said, Somebody touch me. And Peter looked back at him and said, Lord, there are people thronging you. I touched you. Everybody touched you. But Jesus understood in that moment there was something different about that woman's touch. That woman's touch, he said, caused virtue to flow out of me. And church, let me tell you that we as a people of God, whether we are going to work, whether we are going to the grocery store, everywhere that you go, you're going to have people that you come in contact that it seems like they are pulling things out of you. And there is an outflow, and I don't have time here today to talk all about it, but it is a revelation that you will get that sometimes, have you ever noticed, that there are people in your life that actually draw more out of you than put into you. 
Now, you might feel like, no, everybody gives to me. Well, it could be you're the individual that pulls from everybody else. But there's something to this. It's an unseen flow, an unseen, amen, siphoning of the virtue that God gives to us. There's something about that, that Jesus understood that, that this woman touched me in a way that I felt something that I had deposited in me leave me. And, and Jesus understood if I'm going to continue to have the miracles that I want to have, if I'm going to continue, amen, to perform at the level that I want to perform at, I've got to get some inflow for every bit of outflow. Hallelujah. Church, that's why we go to our jobs and we go to the store. And sometimes you go to places and you get around family and you feel drained and you can't figure out what it is. I'll tell you what it is. The Holy Ghost on the inside of you, the power of God on the inside of you is affecting the world around you. People feel it. Amen. You don't have to say a word. You are, you are, you are, you are epistles seen in red of all men. And they see you. They feel you. You can walk in a room and the atmosphere changes. I'll tell you what it is. It's the power of God on the inside. Amen. I know I'm preaching to people that understand this, amen, that know what it is to walk in a room and it seems like, amen, you just change the atmosphere and, and all of a sudden the people don't want to talk the way that they were talking and they don't want to, they don't want to con continue in that line of reasoning that they were continuing in. And, and this is the same reason why there's other people that are so interested, amen, in getting around other people in the church because they feel something when they get around them. It seems like they're always being deposited into it. And, and church, that's our call. That's what we are to be. Amen. The world comes to us. Amen. And we don't take from the world. We present to the world. We give virtue. We give love. We give goodness. We give, come on, we give encouragement. It comes out. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Amen. There's, this is a fact of life. And, and for somebody that, that, that wants to understand how they can stop being so drained, Amen. I want you to know that no matter what you do, you're going to be drained by people. You will be drained by other people. Whether it's, whether it's a family member, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's your boss, you're going to be drained by other people. And this is why Jesus is teaching us such a powerful lesson. Amen. He was teaching his disciples this, that no matter how busy he got, no matter how important he was, no matter how much fame he had that spread across the land, he would depart from all of it into a solitary place, and he would pray, and he would hit his knees, and he would cry. Humanity would cry out to divinity, and there was something that was transpiring in that moment. Uh, amen. And that Jesus, uh, amen, who, who in the humanity he hungered, but in the spirit he was the bread of life. Uh, he was tapping into something in the spirit that said, people are pulling virtue out of me and God, I need you to pour it back into me so that I can keep being a conduit. Oh, somebody praise him. Hallelujah. We've got to allow ourselves to become a conduit of the Holy Ghost. We've got to allow ourselves to become a conduit in which the Spirit of God can move to a lost and dying world. But for every bit of output, there's got to be some input. This is why I think coming to church is so important. Because when we come to church, there is an input. 
And we don't always, we can't always define what that input is. We can't always put our finger on it. We don't always know what it is. It could be that that message, uh, amen, in its words didn't speak to you, but you felt something in your spirit. And maybe there's others that you didn't feel a whole lot, but it spoke to you on an intellectual basis, and you know it connected with you, and you felt virtue flow into you. There's an input from the Spirit of God, and every Christian's got to have that. Every Christian's got to have that because if not, we become depleted. This is why when we get to James, we start seeing what's happening. He says, I hear all of these wars and fightings. People that are always warring and fighting have not been praying. Because now they've got to a place where they're, they've got a, a, a closed fist, if you will. They've only got a little bit of, of energy left. They've only got a little bit of virtue left. They've only got a little bit, and they've got to hold on to it for themselves. And they refuse uh, to let go of that little bit. And so they will fight to the, to the death. They will fight tooth and nail over that little bit of joy, over that little bit of energy. And they will hold on to it. Amen. And this is what he's talking about. He's talking about people. Amen. That, that they've got wars and they've got fightings. Uh, amen. And, and he says that, that there's an internal struggle. It's, it's that you're really trying to hold on to something. Amen. And there should be more coming to you. And this is where he gets to the place where you lust, you desire, but you cannot have. Uh, you are even willing to go to the place where you will kill, but you, you, you cannot even obtain uh, what you are going for. And this is why people fight and they, they bicker. And all of this is going back to the place that they are lacking something on the internal level that they should get from the presence of God, and now they're taking it out on other people. Oh, hallelujah. I came to help somebody here tonight. Amen. We've got to have an input from the Holy Ghost. We've got to have a download from Jesus. Amen. That we we don't got to fight for it. We don't got to war for it. We don't got to lust after it. We just got to ask. We just got to pray, and God will deposit it. Oh, somebody lift up your hands, and let's magnify him. Come on, let's pray for just a few moments. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I know what it is to be depleted. I think everybody else here does too. It is a fact of life that we get depleted. And, and if we're not careful, we'll start closing our fist off to everything, amen, and everybody else around us because we feel that tug. There's always a tug from life. There's a tug. you got to pay bills. There's a tug. you got to take the dog for a walk. There's a tug on, on every bit. And sometimes we get so worn down and, and worn out that we, we just start clinging to every little bit, and we will fight to the death for it. But now he's saying you, you keep willing to go to war over things. You keep willing to fight over things. You lust after things. He goes, but really, it's a war in your members. It's an internal struggle. And you're willing to kill other people over it. But, he said, do you not have this revelation? You have not because you ask not. I think that's a revelation for every individual here tonight, including myself. I think that we often use that verse and we quote that, amen, when we're talking about things. But, but the true story comes down to when you feel depleted. The, 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 the depletion, amen, it comes back to the fact that you have not because you ask not. And that feeling of emptiness and that void, God is saying, if you'll just ask me, I will give it to you. If you'll ask me, I'll put it there. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to war after it. You don't have to lust and not obtain. You just have to ask me for it. Amen. He then proceeds to talk, and we'll come back to this asking business but he then proceeds to talk about prayer in, in a very special way. 
he then talks about those that are asking. And uh, he said, you ask. There's some that you have not because you asked not, but there's others. He said, you ask, but you're not receiving what you're asking for because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lusts. And there is a revelation of prayer that we have to understand. There are, there are wrong ways, if you will, to pray. There's really three that I find. There might be more. Um, and and, and, and they're, they're what I would call uh, dangerous ways to pray. Um, and they're, they're fruitless ways to pray. And they're frustrating ways to pray. And the first thing that I'd point out is when we ask for the wrong things. We ask amiss. And this comes back down to a fact of self-glorification or self-gratification. We find this, that there was, there was multiple opportunities and times when people would go before the kings. And I think of, of, of two times in which somebody went before the king and uh, they stick out to me. There was, there was one time when the, the daughter of Herod danced before the king. And there was another time when Esther came before the king. And when they were offered whatever they wanted up to the half of the kingdom, it was Esther who asked for protection upon the Jewish people. It was Esther that asked for life. Amen. It was Esther that asked for, for the blessings to be upon other people. But it was Herodias' daughter that asked for the destruction and death of John the Baptist. In other words, uh, there was one that was desiring something that would give them self-gratification. There was somebody that was desiring things that were not of God. They were asking for the wrong thing. Uh, they had an opportunity to ask for anything up to the half of the kingdom. But they said, could you, could you make me better than so-and-so? Uh, could you take so-and-so down lower? Uh, and they were no longer asking to help. Uh, they were asking to hinder. But Esther had enough insider that said, I'm going to ask for life. I'm going to ask for blessings. I'm going to ask for good things. I'm going to ask. Oh, come on. When we pray uh, for blessings, uh, we're praying because we want God, uh, amen, to be glorified, uh, not so we can be glorified, uh, not so we can keep up with the Joneses or be better than somebody else. Uh, when we pray, uh, we pray for the benefit of everybody else uh, as well as ourselves, uh, not for the tearing down of others uh, or the destruction of others. Uh, we pray to bless and not to curse. Uh, we pray to help and not to hinder. Oh, somebody clap your hands and magnify the Lord. I think it's important that how and what we pray for matters. Amen. We've got to make sure that we are praying for the right things. Amen. Now I can talk about number two. We can ask for the wrong reasons. Now we can start asking for self-will over God's will. In other words, it reminds me of a story of James and John, the son of Zebedee, that said, Master, we would that you would do unto us whatsoever we desire. What a prayer. <laughs> a blank check prayer request. Amen. I, I think that there's something to that I think would be good. And you know what Jesus said? Sure. Whatever you want. All right. Let's see what your prayer request is. And when given the opportunity at a blank check prayer request, they said, we want to sit on your right hand and on your left. We want, to be, we want to sit in a position above our brethren. They were going after their own will and not the will of God. 
They were interested, again, in self-glorification and self-gratification. And Jesus looked back at them and said, if you are able to sit on my right hand and on my left hand, feel free to do that. What they didn't understand is that one day Jesus would be crucified and there would be two thieves, one on the left and one on the right. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they, they really quickly realized that they did not have what it took for that blank check prayer request. They could have prayed for anything on earth, but they prayed that they would be in a position above their brethren. Church, I think we need to pray with the right motives in our heart. We need to pray with the right reasons. Church, I know what it is. I think I think it's I think it's it's there's 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 a little bit of pride in every bit of us. Amen. I, I pray and I have to I always have to check my spirit. God send us revival. And I have to check myself. Am I praying that so that we can have a large church and look really good on social media? Or am I praying because I have a city out there that's lost and dying and on their way to hell? I gotta check my motives. And everybody's got to check their motives, God. Uh, amen. Would you bless me? And is it so that you can be a blessing or so that you can hoard on to more uh, and hold on to more? Uh, God wants to know what is your motive and what is your reason? You ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. And then finally, the third way that's detrimental to prayer is asking in the wrong way. Vain repetitions versus persistence and fervency. Religious duty versus self-focused, amen, repetition to just feel like you tapped in and got your, your duty taken care of. Luke chapter 18 and 10, the Bible says of two men that went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican i fast twice the week i give tithes of all that i possess and the publican standing afar off would not so much as lift up his eyes unto heaven but smote upon his breast saying god be merciful to me a sinner the Pharisee, when he began to pray, uh, amen, he was just going through his religious thing, uh, and he was going through his vain repetitions, uh, as Jesus said that they loved to do, uh, and he was just talking about how great he was, uh, and he wasn't talking about, the Bible says, uh, he prayed thus with himself. Uh, what a sad thing uh, that when he went to pray, uh, he didn't want God involved, uh, that when he went to pray, uh, he was just exalting himself and not talking to God, uh, and when he prayed, uh, he said, I thank you, Lord, I'm not like every." Everybody else. This Pharisee prayed, amen, with self-focus. This Pharisee prayed with self-interest. This Pharisee prayed all by himself. But when that old publican, that old sinner began to pray, he began to pray, and he was not focused on himself. He said, oh, Lord, would you have mercy? And the Bible says he prayed to God. One prayed with himself, and one prayed with God. And how we pray matters. We've got to come to pray and it's got to be about him, not about us. It's got to be about getting in his presence and not exalting ourselves. It's got to be about getting closer, even if that means admitting my flaws and admitting my faults. I just got to know him. I just got to be close to him. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray for just a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus.
We've got to make sure that we have a God-centered prayer. It's got to be about Him. All of those are detrimental prayers. All of those can be fruitless prayers. All of those can be dangerous prayers. Because you pray those, and you pray in those motives, and you pray in those ways. And, 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 and the worst thing God could do is give you your prayer request. Because then He gives you what you want. And sometimes what we want is not what we need. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I could attest myself and say there's times where I've asked God for things and it wasn't the will of God. And God, he pleaded with me and I said, no, i got to have it. And God gave it to me and I regretted it later. Amen. But it's the mercy of God that says no. It's the mercy of God that says I got something better for you. Hallelujah. But after mentioning all those, because James mentions those, Man, that those are detrimental, that those are fruitless, that those are dangerous. I've come to preach here tonight. The fact is that there is nothing more dangerous or detrimental in your prayer life than to not ask at all. You can pray the wrong way, with the wrong motives, with the wrong repetition. You can do it opposite of the way that James says it. Amen. And none of those would be worse than somebody that refuses to pray at all. Amen. There's some times where we don't have it all together. We don't got it on lockdown. But we try our best in our humanity. And just trying is, is the best thing you got right now. And there's nothing wrong with trying. And there's nothing wrong with asking. And there's... Oh, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. The danger of unasked prayers is they become unanswered prayers. Amen. That when we, we don't ask, we have not because we ask not. And then we walk through our Christian existence feeling depleted and feeling without. And we would be better off to pray those prayers. Amen. That sometimes maybe they don't come from the right attitude. And sometimes they're not coming from the right position. But it would still be better to ask. It would still be better to pray it would still be better to try oh somebody lift up your hands and let's pray come on the worst thing we could do is just not ask at all I know that, well, what if, I, what if I do it wrong? What if I say the wrong thing? Don't worry about all that. You just start out at the very beginning, and you start praying and saying, God, amen, I might not be coming from the right position right now, but I've got to ask. I've just got to ask you. i got some questions, and I need answers. i got some prayer requests that I need responded to. I need miracles. I need signs. I need wonders. I need something. And if I have not because I ask not, I've got enough guts and enough faith to try. I've got enough faith to ask. Oh, somebody praise him. The worst thing that we could do is not ask at all because then we start fighting wars. We start getting into trouble. We start getting into issues with other people because we're not praying because we're frustrated about the fact of things not working out, but we've not asked. And I know what it is to have stubbornness. We've talked about that before. Amen. That I, sometimes I'm too prideful and too stubborn to ask God for help. And that's one of the worst things we could do. Amen. That's why the Bible says, except you're converted like a child, you can't enter in the kingdom of God. We like to talk about being baptized. And that's, that's definitely there. That's, that's what we stand for. That's what we believe. But guess what? Just as much as being baptized, you've got to be converted like a child. And kids, 
Something beautiful about kids. They have no, they have no problem. I love it. Every Sunday, uh, kids run up to me. I'm in the middle of a conversation. They go, Pastor, can I have some candy? No shame. No, no, they're not afraid. And, and you know what? There's something about that. As church, we've got to have that. We got to, and it takes a conversion process because we've learned somewhere along the lines that it's shameful to ask. And, and if you ask for help, then you're helpless. And, and there's nothing. No, 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 no. You've got to have a little pride about yourself. Since when did we learn that? And who told us that? Amen. The devil told amen, Adam and Eve that they were naked. And when God showed up, he said, who told you that? That you were naked? Huh? Who told you you were deficient? Huh? Who told you you couldn't come to me? Huh? Who told me? Who told you that you couldn't come and get forgiveness? Huh? I want to tell you it's a lie of the devil that would say you can make it by yourself. Huh? You don't need to ask for help. Huh? I came to help you here tonight. It doesn't hurt to ask. Huh? There's nothing wrong with asking. There's nothing wrong with praying. Oh, somebody clap your hands and magnify him. We must, we got to worry less about the outcome and more about the outcry. Less about, am I doing this perfectly and more about making it happen. Am I praying long enough or am I praying too short or am I praying, whatever the, whatever the question might be, am I doing it the right way? And, and I understand that we've been teaching on that and I want that to be known, that there's methods and there's ways that we need to pray. But at the same time, amen, whatever you do, just ask. Whatever you do, just pray. Whatever you do, just seek God. Just do what you can. But what it really comes down to is there's, there's really, some people, are, are, they have no problem doing this. They're like kids. Some people, they never, they never left the kids stage. So they, they never got that lesson of you need to have some pride about yourself. And uh, it works really good for them when they come into the kingdom of God. But at the same time, there's really two different mindsets in our culture. There's, there's something that I've studied, and there's something known as ask culture and guest culture. Ask culture are these shameless individuals. They're not afraid to ask. They, they have no problem being told no. They have the guts to ask the most audacious things. Hey, can you, can you come over and, and move everything while I just go eat a pizza? Um, why would you ask that? They just have that audacious nature. They're not afraid to ask because they're not afraid of the word no. There's other people, they're so scared of the word no, they get into guessing. They start feeling out the waters. See, I'm preaching to some folks right now. <laughs> they start feeling the waters, you know. Well, maybe, would you think about, would you, um, <clears throat> would you consider? And what they're really feeling for is if there's the slightest hint of a no, they're not going to ask. If there's the slightest hint that they're going to get a negative response that does not fit and feel the way they want to feel, they step back. They can't handle the no. They can't handle being let down. Huh? Amen. So they refuse to ask at all. And I'll preach to some people right here that you can't bring that into the kingdom of God. Huh? I know what it is. Huh? Amen. To be like, well, I don't know if the answer is going to be the answer that I want. Huh? But we've got to be converted like kids huh? that we don't care if the answer is no. Huh? At least I asked. Huh? At least I found out if there was a possibility. At least I found out if there was a chance. You see this in the Bible. You see Moses. Moses comes right up and he speaks to God as man speaks to his friend. As a man speaks to his friend, he speaks to God face to face, if you will. And he says, hey, show me your glory. 
Something about that. He has no problem looking right to the face of God, amen, and, and saying, show me your glory. I want to see everything that you got, God, uh, and God and his wisdom and his goodness. As uh, Moses, no man can see me face to face and live. Uh, you can't handle all of my glory, uh, but I will give you a little bit uh, just for being crazy enough uh, to ask. I'll do. But then you see this other side. There's people like Abraham. God comes by. And it always intrigued me. God came by and says, if I'm about to do this great thing, should I not share it with my friend Abraham? We have two friends. And he says, should I not share it? I'm about to destroy all of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham comes before him. and, Hey, uh, if there's 50 people that were righteous, you wouldn't destroy the whole city for the 50, right? And God comes back to him. Well, for 50, I'll spare the city. And Abraham says, peradventure. You know what he's doing? He's guessing. He's reaching out and he's just trying to feel the waters. And he says, you know, uh, if there was 40, would you not spare the city for 40 righteous? And God comes back and says, yes, if there's 40. He whittles them all the way down to 10. The number of people that would be connected to Lot. Amen. And really what the true story is. Amen. Abraham, you could have just came straight out and said, God, would you save Lot? And would you save his family? Amen. But Abraham, he's too scared to ask because he doesn't know whether God's going to say yes. And he doesn't know if God's going to come down and judge him. He's got the wrong view of God. And so he starts whittling God down and, and guessing. And this is how some people pray. Well, God, maybe, maybe this Sunday if you are feeling up to it. I don't feel very well. Do you think maybe you could help me out? And, and we come, and, and if we don't feel the way that we think we should feel, we, we step back from the altar, and, and we're just trying to guess, and, and it doesn't seem to be working out. Uh, amen. But God uh, would have answered Abraham's prayer request uh, all the way down to just Lot by himself. Uh, amen. But Abraham uh, was afraid uh, that he'd get hurt for asking. Uh, but I've come to tell you, it doesn't hurt to ask, uh, and you might be scared of the outcome come but you got to just let that cry out you just got to say God I'm going to give it to you and don't let you take care of the outcome I'm going to ask and I'm going to let you take care of the end result I'm just going to ask and let you take care of it all let's stand all across the building lift up our hands come on let's pray in the name of Jesus come on there's some people like that and you bring that into the house of God. And well, Lord, maybe if you could, amen, if you think maybe you just might want to. No, 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 friend. you got to be like a kid. you got to be converted like a child and say, Lord. Lord, I just want you to move in. I want you to step in. I want you to, I'm just going to ask God. I'm just going to, I'm going to step out on a limb. I'm going to step out in faith and I'm just going to ask. Abraham. You could just ask me. We're friends. You can, and this is what this is what it really comes down to. What is your, your what is your revelation level of Jesus? Is he just this big mean guy in the sky, or is he a heavenly Father that loves you and cares about you? And if we, being evil, know how to give good gifts to our kids, how much more shall your heavenly Father give those things to them that ask? And our revelation of God can shift. How we ask and how we pray. This is why Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven. You come into it with the right, re with the right revelation of, re of, of relationship. And you step into that prayer. And you begin to pray and you say, God, 
you're my father in heaven. You got my best interest at heart. And so I'm just going to ask you. Our job is to pray and believe. Everything outside of that is up to God. Amen. I know people are so so logical about it. They're like, well, what if? Well, what if I pray and nothing? Well, I can tell you what will happen if you don't pray. You have not because you. Sometimes you've got to put the little, the little wager out there. And you got to find out what would be the worst case scenario. To ask and not get it or to not ask and wonder if it would have happened if you had just asked. It would be better off if you just came before God and lifted up your voice and said, God, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I know what my response is. I'll ask. Ask God for anything. Ask God for anything. Ask God for everything. And let God sort it out. I might not have prayed it right. At least you pray. At least you ask. And it doesn't hurt to ask. Jesus even asked, if it were possible, let this cup pass from me. Jesus asked something he knew he would not get. Yeah, he did. Because there's nothing wrong with asking. If there's any other way that I can save the world, than to go through that cross. Let me do it. Yet, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. It's our job to ask. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. If you don't ask, there's no guarantee. In fact, there's a a higher guarantee it's not going to be given to you. If you don't seek, you're not going to find. Nobody's going to stumble over certain things in the kingdom of God and if you don't knock if I just came to your house brother brother Diaz just stood at your door you know I have some I really I have some requests and I really need you to open the door brother Diaz and you know I, I really need I really need some smoked pork I just praise God and if he would just open the door that's some of us when we come to church when we go to pray we just we do that Catholic prayer, just silent. <laughs> there's no, there's not one verse that says pray silent. You're not praying if you're praying without moving your lips. You're not praying. You're just, you're thinking. But if I knocked on your door, Brother Diaz, at 3 in the morning, if I knocked on your door, would you answer? If I knock loud enough, if I knock long enough, and if I wasn't afraid of your gun, I probably would get what I was praying for. Amen. Jesus answered and said them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done in the fig tree, but you shall also say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and it shall be done. And all things, all things, well, no, not everything, you know, all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. John 14 and 13, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Ephesians 3 and 20, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we 
ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, church. It's our job to ask. It's God's job to do it. It's our job to pray. It's God's job to sort it out. It's our job to say, Lord, I'm going to lift it up before you. It's God's job to send the blessing down from heaven. I'm done preaching. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Church, it doesn't hurt to ask. What have you been thinking about? Amen, for a long time. Well, I, I don't want to ask it because, you know, I just don't know the outcome. What are you afraid of? You need to come to your Heavenly Father and say, Lord, I got some requests. And God's got answers. And God's got miracles. And God's got blessings. But it comes to those that ask. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? Come on, if you're, if you're in that group where you're just guessing, I want you to leave your guess in your seat and come specifically. Come on, what is it that I should do unto you? Oh, Lord, that I might receive my sight. What is it that I could do unto you? Oh, my kids possess and they need to be delivered. What is it that you would have me do unto you? Well, I've got some sickness in my family. What is it? Jesus wanted you to be specific and ask. Come on, somebody pray in the name of Jesus. It doesn't hurt to ask. Nothing wrong with asking. Nothing wrong with asking. Miracles happen when you ask. Prayers are answered when you ask. The gates of heaven, the doorways swing open wide when you ask, when you knock, when you seek. Somebody pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, in the name of Jesus. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. Miracles can happen in this place. Miracles can happen in this room. Come on, what is it you've been thinking about uh, that you've been too afraid to ask God for? Why don't you just ask? Uh, amen. If God wants to say no, he's, he's, he's divinely man enough uh, to tell you no. Uh, he's got enough in himself, uh, amen, to tell you no if he has to. But he could just say yes uh, if you ask. Somebody pray. church there's another dimension that we're stepping into if you feel depleted amen because you you haven't got virtue flowing to you just ask just ask and god will begin to refill and god will begin to help you got to lift up that need and ask and he said you'll receive
this house. There's answers flowing in this house. Let it fill you. Let it replenish you.